In our series, A String of Pearls, Dutch Buzz contributors speak to people who have made an exceptional contribution to our local community. People whose passion for what they do have had an added value for the city of The Hague. Don't we all just love chocolate? But did you know that cacao lends itself to art? Resident in The Hague for more than three decades, Israeli-born Anat Ratsabi has made chocolate her medium to produce award-winning pieces. She recently won a prestigious Chocolatier Award in Belgium and is in the studio to tell us all about it. Yeah, it was a Belgium Chocolate Award. It was an, it is an, for 2023. It is an annual uh, event organized by Chocolaterie magazine and sponsored by a lot of uh, all the big... Um, the great uh, uh, chocolate companies and it was really a great selection of chocolatiers and uh, people from the chocolate world so it was it was not only the award it was an opportunity to meet uh, a lot of people that are in the field and um, yeah peers actually uh, so this was this was also a, a winning game for me. Can you describe your entry and, and what the judges had to say about it? I must say that when when I was called for the podium to get the prize and the judge was talking, I didn't hear anything. I was so, I was so, I was so, I was so happy and I was like a little child that get, that get the chocolate candy. So I didn't hear much but I found out later what is what it's about. And the, what he said is that my concept is con uh, is exceptional uh, and it's very unique, unique. Actually, it's too unique. So it doesn't, it contributes to the markets uh, in a very exotic way. But it's, uh, so it's like, it's interesting, it's an experience and that's exactly what I was meant to make. Uh, but uh, I get the bronze and not the gold because uh, the people who got uh, the gold are. Um, this that was a good lesson for me. Uh, it's something that you contribute to the market, which everybody can uh, imitate you, and it enters the market as an uh, a product. My my uh, concept is not something that everybody can do, so it doesn't. Uh, that's what I mean. This was the category, but I got yeah, I got the bronze, so I'm very happy about it. And that from the king of chocolate exactly. making. I mean, that's yeah. quite something that it was a Belgian award. Yes, yeah. I was. I think I was the only Dutch ca candidate. Uh, maybe there was another one uh, of a guest from, uh, and they mentioned it. So it's uh, it's quite a compliment, and then uh, yeah. yeah. We don't have visuals on radio, so Anat, can you describe oh your work? Um, delicious, surprising, uh, entertaining. Um, it's actually, um, you know, you, you provide or you give or you get an experience. This is how I, um, you know, it's like um, the cliche of to eat or not to eat. Uh, when people see the, the, the chocolate sculpture, they, you have immediately the wow effect. Uh, as well, the second uh, after the wow comes, I don't dare to eat it. So it makes a very, very good gift, actually, because, you know, when you want to eat chocolate, you don't buy the chocolate sculpture. When you want to have a, um, a luxurious 
gift and unique and something that you uh, rarely people always look for special things so and the chocolate sculpture is a good answer for it yeah now what led you into uh, the world of chocolate as an artist yeah you know there is um um it's like you know as an artist you you collect um ideas materials uh, you know and you put it in a drawer and then it comes later it comes back uh with me i you know i read a lot and i do a lot of research i came across cacao and i thought cacao would be an interesting material to work with to make an installation i didn't even think about a company and i was thinking will come a day that i will make an installation with cacao and and uh, it yeah it didn't happen yet and then there was a, a company of a hotel that asked me to they wanted to buy 500 pieces of my uh, sculptures bronze sculptures to give to uh, uh guests in a, for a big gala but uh, yeah bronze is is expensive Uh, but they would buy 500 pieces then I w- it was from a Rembrandt sculpture of me so you know that's out of the blue I was telling them would you like it in chocolate maybe and they loved the idea uh, but I must tell you I I sold 500 pieces without knowing how to work with chocolate <laughs> but you did it I did I did yeah and this is the challenges that I like in life um so i told them give me it was summer i think around this time and they uh, i told them give me three weeks and i still have to find out how to do it and in three weeks i had my first product how unique is it did you discover something that nobody else had done before um it's not that nobody else has done before you know i always think i'm the first one but i'm not <laughs> but it's it's the way you know even columbus didn't uh, uh, uh discover the, the what was it the egg um it's it's the way you bring it to the market or to the people so i there is a quote of uh, seneca it says that luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunity and this is exactly um it's not what i do it's what it's happening to me because of who i am you know i'm i'm like um uh yeah you you're breathing on something and then when the right moment comes you put ends together and this is the creativity you know you put ends together and you create something new so there's uh this is also what what makes my product unique in the chocolate world there are ch- chocolatiers that are making uh artisanal work i am an artist that uses uh the material to i bring the art into the chocolate world in in a different way it's not i'm not reinventing anything uh, totally new but i bring it in a very um exceptional way and that's why i got the price yeah i would think twice before actually eating your art um i think a lot of people would have problems with that is it meant to be kept forever it's meant to entertain you it meant to entertain your mind even the debate or uh, eating it or not eating what to do with it is an entertaining thought you know it's it's quite a decadent thing to do to eat such a thing uh but you know it's i'm not responsible for all the process you know once you bought it once you got it 
it's uh, it's yours to experience and this is the freedom that you have also with an artwork in a gallery you know once you uh, you accomplish your work it's not yours anymore the experience is not yours anymore because the interpretation is of the other and um, it means it has a kind of continuation you know it, it never dies now you also give workshops um, and share your skills with others. Yes, exactly. So I was thinking what, uh, this, this is business-wise, I was thinking about the marketing uh, channel, how to bring it to the market. And I thought, why not let people make it? You know, then you have an activity and a gift at the same time, two gifts actually. So at the workshop that I give, which is very, very popular now, uh, you know, I had like last week and I had a group of 30 people. There's coming a group of 50 some, my, or 10 people. And what uh, what we do is I make the molds and people, I teach people how to cast the uh, the sculptures. And then the, another one, they get a ready-made uh, chocolate sculpture of uh, a, a white. And then I teach them how to paint it in the blue colors, which is very re relevant for uh, the Netherlands. And uh, at the end, they go home with two beautiful sculptures. Uh, so it's an activity and a gift at the same time, and a corporate gift. So for, for businesses or for companies or team building, it's a... It's an excellent way of um, uh, spending time together. And it's very, very, uh, I can see people, people, I make people happy with, with the chocolate sculpture. And that's uh, very re rewarding. Now, this is what you're doing at the moment, but you've been in The Hague for a very long time. I, I think you just told me 33 years 33 ago. Years. What brought you here? Uh, airplane. <laughs> Yeah, um, actually, it was the first st step in a in a long journey. I didn't know it will become a long journey. It was uh, I just left my country for uh, yeah to dis to discover the world or to see the world and to see what the world has to offer. You know, I believe your country being Israel. Yes, and um, it's like uh, I believe that when you you stay in one place you know only one thing and you don't really understand the world as it is uh, I mean yeah you can when I was young I was like diving into the encyclopedia we had a I don't really like a, I don't remember how many chapters I was really hungry for learning things and I thought I would go and see it for myself and I did so I traveled the world Nederland was the first uh, country The Hague actually so I stayed here for a year and then I went a few years traveling in Southeast Asia and I met a Dutch guy, of course. So this is what brought me to Holland for the second time and I stayed here. What is it about The Hague that makes you stay, as you say? Yeah, I love The Hague, really. And I learned to love The Hague. You know, in the beginning you're like, you're like more an outsider and I love this position, especially as an artist, because you are more an observer and as an artist to be an observer gives you a lot of interesting aspects to uh, to be able to create it's kind yeah it's a philosophical point of view you get because you're not local and you see things differently and I think I think I also got this skill skills from by traveling uh, and I like this position of being a guest, but at some point I realize I'm not a guest anymore. I'm here to stay, and 
Um, what I love about the Hague is that it, it offers it's it's I know the sea, the 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 present. I love water. I need water, and the presence of the sea, the, you know, it's endless. So there's no. Uh, and I think it, it, it influenced the atmosphere in the city. I, maybe I'm fantasizing, but I like to believe it's this. It's very international, so it's not too uh, uh, significant to uh, the, the Dutch culture. Um, you know, as a foreigner, you're, you, know, you have to adjust, and there are things that you never become. It is also a nice position. It has, it's, it's, it brings some un, um, unease, you say? Yeah, un, yes. yeah, sometimes you're unease with it, but it's also a very great advantage because you're always seeing things that others don't and experience things that others don't. So you have to uh, take the positive out of it. And, and this is what I'm doing. You know, this is art. This is being an artist, you know, making, creating solutions and uh, bringing uh, a life to the next level. That's the thing. <laughs> That's very philosophical, Anat. Yeah, you've got me thinking there, especially um, our position as internationals in The Hague. It's not always easy, but it has its rewards, absolutely, yeah. doesn't it? What's it like to be an artist in The Hague? Do you meet other artists very easily? How does that connect? Um, yes, I do. You know, it's like uh, birds of a feather flocks together, they say. So naturally, naturally you connect with other artists because, you know, it's like if I was in a fashion, I would be with fashion people. Um, yeah, I do. I do because, you know, I go to galleries. My children, they are very uh, creative. Um, a lot of people around me are creative and um, how to be here as an artist in some ways it, it's almost like being a foreigner like I said it's, I'm an autodidact so I never went to the academy uh, deliberately I was very I was like more rebelling the, the, the framework of uh, casting me into uh, uh, a into yeah. a mold of how they but this is also be, because of being so young and being a, a, a Yeah, a rebel. Yeah, I, yeah. I, maybe it's difficult to step myself as a rebel, but I was not agreeing with. I was not agreeing with things. You know, I was not really kicking um, uh, the system. But I, I, if I didn't agree with something, I would go my own way, and I didn't like the system, so I create my own. But so it has its advantages because you really, really authentically create things that sometimes that already been created actually. Uh, but you, it's authentic because it's yours. And uh, at the other hand, being in a foreign country and, and, and not on your own, in your own ground, uh, it's not easy because you have to recreate everything uh, and create your own network. So it's, you know, when you go to the academy, everybody knows each other and they build up something. So you have to screw yourself into the system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I must say... Uh, at the end, I think I I did well. Yeah, did. <laughs> yeah. Now, we met many years ago in, when you were busy with the Holocaust monument yes. here in The Hague. Yes. Was that a significant chapter in your life? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, you... 
uh, as a person, as an artist, you uh, it has many it has many phases uh, actually. Because as an artist, as a person, you want to uh, leave a legacy behind, and I think I did uh, in many ways. You know, it's it's something you give. It's it's really g giving something because when I'm not here anymore, the monument is there. Give us a bit of background to The Hague's role in the Second World War and why this monument is so very important. It might also be helpful to let our listeners know where it is. Yeah, it is in the city center. It's in uh, of the Rabbein Marseplein. Uh, just uh, for people easy to know, it's by a little V restaurant <laughs> behind the new church, Nieuwe Kerk. Um, oh, this is many. It's a big, big questions in once. Uh, I think memorials, uh, are anyway, is very important. You know, a book is a memorial. Um, uh, a, a poem is a memorial. An artwork is a memorial. It's it's helps people to hold on to an idea and to do something with it. You know, it 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 uh, triggers you to. Um, uh, to have some relation with something that happens and something that might happen, or it's quite an yeah, it, it carries a message. And in this way, I um, I I I doing my designing and uh, building up the concept. This is what I had in mind, and why is it so important? I think it's yeah, obvious. You know, it's uh, we have to honor. You know, honoring others is about honoring ourselves. Um, I think so. It's you know we have to respect each other, and when we respect each other, we respecting another is uh, giving space, allowing space. And when it didn't happen, we need to remind people that the space of the other is very important, and what happened is uh, stolen spaces. Very very gently said, you know. The Hague's mayor at the time finally apologized for what happened, uh, the deportation of how many Jews was it at the time? In The Hague, was, uh, there were 18,000 Jews. It's the second uh, largest group. The first, the, the first one is Amsterdam. It's the second uh, largest group. And um, there are 2,000 that came back. Uh, and it, you know, we started to build it up when after 70 years, which is actually an absurd. But um, I don't. I was not so much uh, involved in the. Um, I had to create a space where I, uh, I treat the whole process in a more global way, uh, going into the future. And in the future, I'm not there. The mayor is not there. Uh, there's nobody. There, there's. It's a kind of abstract, and you have to uh, you have to know who you're uh, addressing it to. So, if he apologized or not, I don't know. I don't know. The, I know there were people that are uh, not happy with, yeah, to say the least, not happy with. Uh, uh, even the monument was not enough because you know there were houses taken and and not giving back. So people were still uh, hammering on this. But I was not so much involved with, to be honest. You know, with uh, apologizing is beautiful, but um, um, it's not monumental. <laughs> Apolog apologizing is not monumental. 
but he but the mayor support us 100% and he provide us with everything we needed to uh, to build up you know we had a, a work group we had a, a, the stichting and we got full support to do this and it it's a process that took uh, four years you know they like to talk a lot vergadering yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, but it, it was an amazing journey, and it's definitely a significant thing for me as a as an artist. It's one of I had really nice commissions and I had really nice projects, but this one is, yeah. Do you think it was the one work that rooted you or linked you to the Hague for forever? Um, I, you said really beautifully. I never formed it. Um, yeah, it is. I never thought uh, saw it like this. Uh, it's it's quite a contribution, definitely, definitely. And it's you know di- di- uh, apart from when you ex- exhibit in an, uh, in a gallery, it's more, it's your work, and it's totally yours, which you you do and you exhibit and people enjoy it. Uh, work like the monument, it's you working in uh, uh, for. For, you're doing something for society. You don't do it for yourself. You're more an instrument, and you cannot, you know, as artists, we have this. Uh, yeah, we do it for ourselves. You know, we are the framework. And here was like you have to uh, think less about yourself, and you're an instrument to contribute for something bigger. And it's quite unique. To, a unique thing to realize it and to have the discipline to to stay like this, you know? Yeah. What's Anat going to do next? Conquer the world. <laughs> 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 you know, I just want to keep... Um, I wish to keep... That's um, quite a cliche, but reinventing myself. You know, I'd, uh, I don't rest on things that I've done before or I felt before, experienced before. Uh, it's done and I take the lessons and I go forward and I want to I think it's important for me to go more global you know I still have the gypsy in me and but I don't really need to take my backpack but I do want to take my arts instead of my backpack and uh, work around the world so show my show my face show my thinking show my work uh, in other places, you know, residencies, and and I do, I do have at this moment. I have an exhibition in New York um, with really nice installation. I, I didn't go there. <laughs> I'm here, uh, but in this way, it's it's also a way of uh, expanding your creative space. That sounds really ambitious. Well, and uh, yeah. Well, good luck. Good luck with that. Thank you very much. Make it happen. I make it happen. Now, I asked you to bring along something off your bedside table, something uh, off your desk, and a significant photograph. What did you bring along, Annette? Um, mm, the photograph is uh, of me and my children. <laughs> um you know, you you're for a long time you're first a mother, and I think I'm, I will always stay a fr- first a mother. And it's not 
being a mother is not only uh, the relation that you have with your kids, it's the relation that you have with yourself. It's big. I think it's bigger than life to be a mother because it's it's not only the responsibility that you have for others. It's uh, it's about responsibility that you have for yourself because you you are on a mission. You're on a mission. Uh, you know, children are monumental. So everything that I said about a monument, I could say about my children. And I did. I have really two beautiful pearls. You know, they are they are such interesting people, good people. Uh, they they um, they're really clean people, and I'm very happy with it. Yeah. So it's the photo of my yeah, me yeah. and my children. And um, you ask me what I have. Beside my bed, <laughs> there's a book of uh, Etty Hillison, and it's called The Sky Within Me. Uh, I'm still reading it when I have time, and I mostly fall asleep. <laughs> but uh, Etty Hillison is an, as a Jewish woman who uh, um, she wrote her uh, memories. In a very exceptional way, it's like the, the mature Anna Frank could be she didn't get a space of uh, that Anne Frank got uh, uh, but she was she had a very philosophical way of looking at things in the frame in the framework of the of the of the camps you know she would help people um, actually survive was she a child at the time or a no, no, grown she, woman no she was a woman she a young woman and she was a writer and she 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 had like a diary which if you would translate it to our time it's like she knew what mindfulness is so in in the in the imagine you know people were deported people were good, and she had a chance to save herself and she didn't and so in my eyes she she chose to die in order to live forever and she, because she became a symbol there is a Etty Hillesum center in uh, Middelburg which um, she's an inspiration so I think in the title says it all oh, the sky within me it's I'm going to look it up and read yes, it yes yes it's, a, it's a, yeah she was very optimistic and and um, yeah a lot of self-reflection and, and yeah she was exceptional and something off your desk uh, now it's obviously not going to be your normal desk I take it and that's just this something in your workshop let me tell you um on my desk, yeah, you see my desk in the studio. I see it on uh, uh, on my desk. I have my computer, and it's something that I definitely don't want to take with me, so I didn't bring it. <laughs> and I think to know this is important. I really, if I could live without my computer, throw it somewhere, I would. So I didn't bring anything from my desk. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not uh, into the whole digital world. I do. I have to. I have to be. Uh, you know, these days you can't. I postponed it uh, as much as possible, but it's inevitable. Inevitable. So I do use it. I have to use social media. I have to to do all the things. You know, I'm an artist and a businesswoman at the same time. So you cannot stay behind. And sometimes, sometimes you do things you don't like. Now we. Uh experiencing some of the most beautiful weather we've had this year. Mm -hmm. um, do you have a nice inspiring message to 
listeners living in The Hague, maybe the international community? In regarding to the weather or regarding no, anything to that comes up in you? Um, oh, that's a good one. And I've surprised you with this. Yes, you do, but but it's a very nice question. I think I don't know. You know, everything comes to one thing. It maybe sounds very cliche, but just you know, love is the most the, the most beautiful uh, message. I think you know, just love each other and love life. Anetra Sabi, thank you for being our guest on Dutch Buzz and for taking part in our. The Hague Pills series. You really are the Hague Pill. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. The Hague artist, Anat Ratsabi, was talking to Lilian Strobach, the editor of Dutch Buzz. Dutch Buzz, your weekly dose of inspiration from some of the city's special people. Den Haag.